Welcome to the Watcher's Diaries. I'm Mr. Frog. Today we have a special treat for you. Today, we have not one, but two special guests. Myself, and our first time guest, G. Of course, there'll be Mary, the book reporting master, and her pun queen, Froggy. This episode runs a bit long, and it'll be broken up into a two-parter. And, also, I give Mary a break this week, and next week, I'm handling the editing, which is why you're hearing me for this intro. So, let's get right to it and back to our regularly scheduled program. Hello, and welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And And I'm Mr. Frog. Kevin! (gasps) What? No, Uh, I'm jumping in today. Uh, (laughs) I, I got some... Oh, hold on a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little, little click cut here, and I'm gonna make a uh, time skip. And <clears throat> uh, so that's that's gonna come beforehand. So that's great. That's yeah, yeah, because because I control space and time now. So why did we give you know. him this power? He uh, offered. We shouldn't have taken his offer. We should have been I mean, very suspicious. Every, of every made... offer comes with a price. You can't just make a deal all willy nilly. I know yeah, it's a made, monkey's paw. We know deal with the now. devil here. <laughs> okay, continue, Mary. Thank you. <laughs> this week we're talking about season three, episode six, Band Candy. Yeah. Oh, yay! The one everybody can't wait for. <laughs> oh, uh, no announcements this week, but we are once again joined by Mr. Frog, and we have a brand new guest star in Julian. Yay! Brand new guest star. Fresh and shiny and new. Yeah. So, like we do with everyone, uh, just take a second and introduce yourself. Uh, kind of tell us how, when you discovered Buffy and what the series means to you. Okay. Um, well, I am G. Um, Jillian, but G is easier, especially when typing. So I just gotten used to being called <laughs> that in real life. Um, I've known Mary since like partway through college and um, through her, that's how I met um, Froggy and Mr. Froggy over here. Um, yeah, I've been, I started watching Buffy partway through the pilot because I happened to flip over the channels and catch the second half of it. Um, I was already, you know, middle school, like early, early high school, into vampires, just past Kindred the Embraced, which was a roller coaster in and of itself, and around the time of Interview with the Vampire. And Buffy was just kind of what I needed in a show. Yes. Because um, it, it married, you know, it wasn't as dramatic as my so-called life, but it was also about <laughs> teenage girls and, like, teenagers yes. and their experiences. And it was married that with vampires and sort of, like, the larger yes. plot lines. And just, I loved it. It was, like, Every every week for the next seven years, I had like one night of my life sort of planned. And it was the same thing, you know. Every commercial break, you would do the sprint run over furniture, like through family <laughs> members to get to the phone. Um, my friend Jeff was my Buffy person for the most part. You call and then be like, it's on. And like, leave the phone dangling and run back. Because that's how we did it in the olden days. <laughs> <laughs> You had to call, and the phone was never in the same room as the TV. But, like, I just, I loved Buffy. It was, it was a mix of, like, that, you know, teen drama and the humor and experiences and, like, the greater plot lines and marrying, like, mythology and horror and, like, folklore and, like, just 
the stakes always felt engaging like everything yep. that like the interpersonal dynamic stakes were in, as, as engaging as like the apocalyptic like like stopping the big bad stakes and it was just it was formative like the dialogue was formative it's still still in my yep. verbal repertoire we, Ooh, yep, yeah all the I, time all yep. the time and it's just it's just it's a show that was like touch point formative in, in who I am in a lot of ways, as I noticed for y'all too. And for a lot of people our age, cause Buffy was our age when mm-hmm. this was happening, like a year ahead yeah. of me in school. Like I had my first like serious boyfriend, like going through season two with like surprise and passion and all of that. I was dating my first real boyfriend and I'm like, yes, it is freaking intense. And just like, ugh. Ah, just loved it. So yeah, that's why it's hard, like with with Buffy, to completely cut it out of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of younger people now watching it, they didn't experience it the way that we experienced it because it is a very nineteen nineties oh yeah. type of show, and a lot of things like that Buffy and them go through, especially like in things like we didn't have cell phones. Mm-hmm. So we couldn't get a hold of everybody. So all of this worrying about each other and, oh, my friend hates me because they didn't show up because they had something to do. Like it yeah. was the exact same stuff that we went through. Yeah. There's, there's some of those things that are so difficult to like divorce yourself from experiencing them in real time to look at them objectively. Yeah. And like, it's, it's difficult. It's it, because it, there's that emotional resonance. It's sometimes that you experience in the time, in the mm-hmm. setting that was also your setting, that it's hard to get objective perspective on things sometimes outside of being like, but I remember the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And now, like now with the way that, pop culture has gone there is a lot more things like this that the teenagers coming up now have for themselves but we didn't have so much of this like we had like you said there was my so-called life who was that was just so dramatic in the teenage sphere but like you said, it married our interests, what we're going yeah. through as teenagers and the fact that we freaking love vampires. Yes. <laughs> and <sighs> Mary and I, we're, we're definitely going to have probably a Patreon episode for Kindred. Oh, oh I've yeah, already we... told Mary that I'm going to oh, have yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can talk for three hours about Frank, Frank's doofusness, <laughs> Frank's <laughs> horrific hair. Oh, oh my, my God, God, Frank. And, and how freaking they're Frank. like. Cash and Sasha love story broke my heart. Oh yeah, so, like, whew, yeah. Like that's, that's, that's and I, a hole, I can't though. wait. I can't wait till Chad and Rose shows up in the Zeppo. Yeah. Oh man, the guest stars on Buffy are delightful. I know, and it's like, and we've said before, so many of the, so many of the guest stars are so very 1990s. They did oh, yeah. everything mm-hmm. in the 90s. Oh yeah, and some of them made it out of the 90s, but a lot of them didn't. A lot of them just. <laughs> <laughs> are forever stuck there yeah hope i hope the residuals are enough to live on because like <laughs> her heyday is gone i know just to let g know my 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 buffy experience in the 90s was um practically zero 
I might have caught it flipping through the station. So this is my um, first time watching. So you get this experience of these kids who get to see it the first time from the straight way man, which is probably why I didn't watch Buffy in the yeah. first place. I mean, I'm going to have that same experience soon walking through with my boyfriend. He was half, oh. he's never watched it before. He was half paying attention when I was rewatching this episode yesterday. Yeah. Um, but he wants to watch the whole series, but we're, we're on a Star Trek journey right now. Yeah. That I watched. Yes. Well, I'm a nerd. Science. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so right. Band Candy. It aired November 10th, 1998. And this was the first episode to be written by Jane Espenson. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, yep. Not only that, the idea was hers. She pitched it. And it was based off an idea from the sheet she brought to her job interview. That Ooh. is fantastic. We love to see it. So, like, this whole thing from beginning to end was Jane. And awesome. thank you. Thank you so much, Jane. This is one of the most enduring episodes. It's one of the most entertaining. It's, it is comedy gold. And oh, we're it's gonna, perfect. We're going to talk perfect. about that. We're going to talk about how uh, Armin is at his comedic best. All the adults did an amazing job in this episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, playing playing oh, the teenagers, yeah. We, yeah, because Kevin and I watched it last night, again, just to get another refresh. And it's it's just perfect from beginning to end. Yeah, it'll. I think it will surprise no one to know that Christine Sutherland, this was like her absolute favorite oh. episode shoot. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. Totally, yeah. So, okay. Our synopsis. Funky candy <laughs> triggers constant cravings among Sunnydale's adults. Including Giles and Buffy's mom. <laughs> That's a great synopsis. That, that might is be one a of my favorite synopsis. I yeah. want the job to write these for things. Just like, yeah, I'll give you two sentences about every episode. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> they kept all the surprises hidden too, so it didn't ruin anything. Yeah. No spoilers in that. Yeah. So before we dive into the episode itself, what are our international titles, Frog? Oh, I am so excited for yeah. our titles this week. I think this might be another case of having to use the RNG oh, to, okay. to pick them out because we have we have a lot of them. So and I didn't cut any language out because they're oh, wow. all completely different. Fabulous. So in Armenian, we have Sweets to the School Band Fund. Check, it. forbidden fruit, finish, stomach full of sweet, French, chocolate effect, German, going wild. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hungarian is chocolate or treat. Italian, sweets of the band. Japanese, chocolate bar for the band. Polish, bars, candies, cookies. Portuguese, the chocolate band. Romanian, bad sweets. Russian, sweets to the school band fund. Spanish from Latin America, the bewitched chocolates. And Spanish from Spain is sweets to the band. That's so sweet. I love it. I love them all. I know. Gone Wild is actually. Because it also reminds me of so 90s, those those yeah. terrible commercials. Teens Gone Wild. Parents, you know? parents, parents, parents Gone, gone wild. wild. 
Parrot's <laughs> gone wild. That might, we might have to. Yeah. Was that the only one that didn't reference chocolate or candy in the title? Um, no, everything. Yeah, everything. Oh, wow. Yeah, because even Czech was forbidden fruit, which still had yeah, something. But yeah, German was just going wild. Yeah. Right to the point. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to do Parrot's gone wild. For... Yeah. I think we, I think we're going to have to. Yeah. I, I was extra paying attention to all the background action going they on. Were, yeah. Oh, all the extras are having a great time, like just doing yeah. stupid things in, oh in the bronze. And like, all the all the day all the day players, you know, they showed up like, and they did the most. Like it's it's full on. They got the mustard out commitment to like all the oh. background in this one. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen so many adults in the Buffy episode than this one. <laughs> It's like the the I, I would like to see the numbers of of extras of adults versus children in in most of the episodes. This one it has far and wide is is definitely the the most adults ever hired. Oh yeah. <laughs> this week we start off in the graveyard where Giles is helping Buffy prep for the SATs. Something he reminds her is a rite of passage. It makes Buffy wonder if it's too late to join one of those tribes where they pierce something. Or cut something off. Before the conversation can go much farther, a vampire appears and Buffy tells Giles to get down. Launching herself over the gravestone, Buffy goes after the vamp and before long stakes them, breaking her number two pencil. Seeing that as a sign that study time is over, she tells Giles they'll have to do this again sometime. But Giles is ready for her and produces another sharpened pencil. Buffy says she just knows they and the undead are the only people working this late. But they're not. Because the mayor is also working, having called Mr. Trick into his office. He apologizes for summoning him so early. For Trick. But the matter at hand is urgent, and also delicate. Trick assures the mayor that he's a delicate person. So then he can handle it? It's a little out of his element. But he can get him what he needs. Seems he knows a beast who knows a guy. (laughs) Is he sure self-contracting is the way to go? Trick assures him this guy has worked Sunnydale before. And if he lives up to his rep, well, the town will be in flames in no time. The mayor tells Trick he made a lot of deals to get where he is, and this demon requires its tribute. See, that's the difference between him and other politicians. He keeps his campaign promises. <laughs> While he's been talking, the mayor has opened up a cabinet in his <laughs> office, revealing all sorts of occult paraphernalia. He picks up a shrunken head and smells it? That was just weird. <laughs> I mean, the like... You got to keep only the freshest drunken heads in your cabinet of curiosities. Speaking of speaking of people who do the most, you want that old leather smell in a shrunken head. You need you need you know. Yeah. You don't want the fresh smell. You want the old leather well, smell. Yeah. Can we just like talk for a minute about the mayor's cabinet and like? Oh yeah. How yeah. I just want to poke around in there and how like oh. organized and aesthetically like displayed everything is, and I'm just like. I love the mayor so much. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He's just uh, insane, but wonderful. And, like, his cabinet and just how neat it is is so it, just fun. Just my fun. my theory is he owns the art gallery that, <laughs> Interesting. that, that uh, Buffy's mom works at. And it's his, it's his like, uh, what do they call it? Um, fun, no, your fun, well, he, no, he oh, funnels. <laughs> He funnels all his his shady deals and his uh, strange uh, acquisitions through that. Okay. I see it. 
I could see that being one of his like Mr. Mr. Froggy figured out the secret of the gallery. Which is also why we had that creepy creepy that mask that was there. He's like, "Ah, I don't need this. The mask was so angry. (laughs) (laughs) And then you know, and and like so so he's just like, Yeah, go ahead. Take home the priceless artifacts. Hang them up in your bedroom. Do whatever you want with them. That's the kind of guy he is. He doesn't care about nothing. He's like, big, big thing. Let's just make a call about the plumbing down here. Um, oh, no, we can go down like a whole long rabbit hole about that. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, I, I want to. I, like I do want to go. I do want to go back to the scene in the graveyard with Buffy and Giles. Okay. Because I love her thing about it's B. We haven't had B for a while. Yes. It's such a teenager thing. You're sitting there doing these damn standardized tests and your brain is melting out of your ears and you're just starting to think, well, it has to be B because we haven't had that in a while. They're not going to give the same letters. We have to try something different. Uh-huh. Oh, I hate the standardized tests. Oh, they're I, awful. I was, I was good at them, but they were so stressful. Because, like, in the same thing, you're like, well, I'm not sure of the answer of this one, but I'm going to go for what I feel is the probability of which yeah. letter it is based on based on frequency in the past. You you oh. call on your ancestors when you sit down <laughs> doing standardized tests. No, nothing is random, you know? You know, nothing has to... Oh, I, yeah. I don't care what they say. There's always a pattern in there. <laughs> yeah. He asks himself where he put the scotch before we go to the credits. Still awesome. <laughs> Still awesome. We return from the credits to Sunnydale High, where Buffy is explaining to Willow and Oz about the SAT-induced nightmare she had the (laughs) night before, an improperly filled bubble, chasing her and screaming, none of the above! (laughs) Willow hopes it wasn't one of Buffy's prophetic dreams, before saying it probably wasn't. Uh, So as they're going down the stairs, I love this, because this episode aired in November, but it's clear it was shot beforehand. Because there's a Halloween, like, festival poster yeah. on the stairs behind them. And I'm like, well, that event's long over by now. <laughs> you know, those, those, some of those stay up forever, though. Nobody yeah, wants, everybody wants to put the posters up. Nobody wants to take the posters down. Oz tells her that he took them last year. He can help her get ready. There's this whole trick to antonyms, but Oz looks around as if to make sure no one is listening. This isn't the place. Willow says that Oz is the highest scoring person to fail to graduate. Isn't she cute when she's proud? Oz thinks she's always cute. They can start on it tonight. On what? Xander and Cordy joined the group. They're not killing something again, are they? (laughs) No. Willow explains that Oz is helping Buffy prepare for the SATs. He's the highest scoring person to... Cordy knows. They all did the impressed thing already. Xander doesn't even see why they have to take the SATs. They're fascist. (laughs) (laughs) And discriminate against the uninformed. A very, another very teenager thing to declare. Well, Cordy's looking forward to them. She does well in standardized tests. As everyone looks at her, she says, what? She can't have layers? (laughs) I love it. They head inside and Willow wants to know if it's a go on the studying for that night. Yes on the studying, but no on the night. She's putting in mom time. Seems ever since she got home, she and Giles have been rescheduling her 24-7. It's kind of like the real world, only real. 
<laughs> Who the real world. First pop uh, culture reference in this episode. Oh. Yeah, this is a pop culture bonanza this week. So we've got we've got a ton of references we're gonna do as we go through. Why? Uh, so the, I'm yes. kind of like, what season of the real world would it even have been in 1998? Oh, I can tell you. Yeah, so, tell me. Okay. It was, was Puck in it? Uh, it so, so first off, uh, the real world uh, was a reality show on MTV. It was their longest running reality show and is credited with pretty much giving birth to today's reality television. Yep. It started airing in 1992 and the premise was pretty simple. According to official descriptions, it was the true story of seven strangers picked to live in a house and have their lives taped and find out what happens when people stop being polite and start being real. At the time this episode aired, they had just wrapped the Seattle season. Oh, oh that's no. That's the one with, like, the slap, right? Oh, yeah. that was with that Irene and... Pop culture. Oh. Uh, I, I stopped watching after like season two. <laughs> like oh. literally just wrapped it. The finale having aired November third. Wow. I that Seattle season was wild. I yeah, was, I was we, still watching it intermittently when that was on. So yeah. yeah, I have I have very distinct memories of like sitting in my den with like Jackie and Lucci watching the real world in high school. Uh, the old seasons are all on Paramount Plus, and Paramount Plus is bringing it back. I heard about that. Yeah. I and looked, I am super, super excited because they're going to New Orleans. Nice. I just looked and oh. saw that there were 33 seasons. Is that yes. why your eyes went really wide? Because yeah, I saw you. I, I was like, 33? <laughs> I'm so old. But like, yeah, one of my boyfriend's oh my friends God. is obsessed with the challenge. The, the, like, oh. There was the Road Rules spinoff, which was like yes. during like a freaking RV. Sometimes they were yes. they were traveling around. Yes. And then there was the Real World Road Rules Road Rules Challenge. Challenge. Yes. People like have made like full time careers. There are people on these things that are doing that like that are in their fifties, and this has been their job since they were twenty five, is to get drunk, argue with each other, like fuck around, and like do Survivor <laughs> style challenges, and then like. Get ten grand to speak at events, and that's a it's a career path. Oh yeah, makes, yeah. It's, it's mm. we're we you said thirty three seasons. Uh, this makes me feel really old. Was that consecutive years seasons? Because that's think, like I think for a lot of time. What was the first year? First year ninety two. I think <laughs> okay. one of those things they probably did some years might have more than one season, but like yeah, it was mostly. I think as you got into, like, the early 2000s, MTV started doing two seasons per year. I I started watching this, uh, like, right away on season one, because I was was a big MTV fan, you know, like, you know, 10 and 11, Mm -hmm. and this this came on, and I don't think a 12-year-old really should have been watching The Real World, but I was, Uh, and, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, makes me feel really old. (laughs) Should we watch it? (laughs) I've thought about I I have when I found out that they were all on Paramount Plus I seriously want to go back and start from the beginning again yeah they apparently went into themes in the later seasons because I had to look real world skeletons is the 30th (laughs) season and like each week one cast member is faced with people from their past skeletons who they have unresolved issues with and those surprise guests have the option to live in the house for a week 
Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. I gotta. I gotta close this Wikipedia. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's jump back and capture this. You're gonna run long. Real world is so, real. So, random, random fact. Uh, in our senior superlatives, I was voted most likely to be on the real world. I'm still not sure what that means. <laughs> says about me. Take it as a take it as a compliment with some skeptical side eye. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can't I mean, you're interesting us. enough to be put on something, but not interesting enough to hold it your own. <laughs> Maybe a backhanded compliment? <laughs> I be. can't tell if they're in the cafeteria or the lounge area, but either way, Snyder is handing out candy. Something Willow and Xander seem very excited <clears throat> about. Xander <laughs> wants to know if Snyder, by chance, was visited by the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> he says it's band candy. Let's hear it for the band. Very generous. Only this candy isn't given to them by the band. It's candy they need to sell for the band. So Very that they can the uniforms. Makes sense to Xander. Those tall hats with feathers can't be cheap. Yeah, but Oz assures him they go with everything. Buffy doesn't understand why they're being tasked with this. While she loves the idea of going all Willie Loman, they're not in the band. And if Snyder had handed her a trombone, that would have been an issue. <laughs> it's candy. Sell it. Okay, right away. Hit with two more pop culture references. Yep. Ghost of Christmas Past, Willie Loman. Two very famous figures from literature. The first coming from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, which I am assuming everyone knows, if for no other reason than the absolutely fantastic adaptation starring the Muppets. The best. The best. The best. The best. Especially because you have Michael Caine, who is playing it completely straight. Oh, yeah. Just full he is playing out drama, straightforward, as though he, the Muppets yeah. were other, like, side-carrying actors. Like, yeah, <laughs> they, he is pretending, like, him, him saying the line, it's Fozzie Wig's old rubber chicken factory, yes. completely <laughs> straight, is forever one of my favorite lines. So good. It's, <laughs> it's like, legitimately got that, like, traditional British ghost stories at Christmas that they do like full out it is a Christmas movie and it is a ghost story and they marry that so well better with than the other adaptations I've actually seen of this oh. with song and Muppets yeah. and it's amazing <laughs> watching yeah. every freaking Christmas Eve wrapping oh, yeah. present oh, yeah. alongside Euro Trip, the other greatest oh, Christmas course. movie of all time <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about any other adaptation of I, and I don't care if any other ones come out. Nope. Nothing will be as We're good dead. as The Muppets. Uh, the second is from Arthur Miller's Death of a Salesman, a play written in 1949 and considered by some to be one of the greatest plays of the 20th century. Oddly enough, this is not the only time we'll see either of these works referenced. In fact, in a few weeks, when we discuss amends, we'll talk a bit how, about how the plot of that episode share some similarities with Dickens' tale. And in the season four finale, Restless, we'll once again see Death of a Salesman. Yep. At the summer home, Joyce reiterates Buffy's confusion, saying she's not in the band. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, was, I always laugh at this because I was in the band, and we did sell the candy to the other students. Like, we, ne we never had to have the other students sell the candy for us. I get why it's like this in Sunnydale. Oh, well, they've got to, like, saturate mm. the market with this product for it to work Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a real pushing on that. You know, his, his the, the main deal, this is totally, total drug dealing, you know, <laughs> tier leveling. You got the supplier, they're pushing it on to the principal, and then he's pushing it on to the kid. So, you know, he's the middleman, and then the, all the parents, they're the users. There's a lot of peer pressure in this episode. Pusher. I was just going to say that! <laughs> <laughs> And yet, Joyce wants to know what she would even do with 40 chocolate bars. Buffy says she can hand them out out at the gallery. Buy something pre-Columbian, get a free cavity. (laughs) Joyce says she'll buy 20. And Buffy tells her she's a good mom. The best. No. Buffy's fairly certain the best moms let their daughters drive. And yet. Buffy's not done, however. Not by a long shot. She tells her mother she took the class. She watched the film strips with the blood and the gore and the corpses. <laughs> She's prepped. Joyce reminds her that she also failed the written test and they wouldn't even let her take the road one. That was a year ago. And she doesn't test well, she says two days before the SATs. <laughs> Joyce says she spends enough time not knowing where Buffy is. She doesn't want to add to it the possibility that she's on the highway to Chicago, which <laughs> would be Route 66. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which Jackie's dad is like obsessed with. If it's like Route 66 is his thing. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> Buffy can't believe her. Besides, if she really wanted to, she could just get on a bus. Uh, wrong oh, choice, Buffy. Buffy. Wrong choice. Joyce tells her to stop. To not even go there. She just she doesn't want her driving. She wants her there. Buffy says she is there. See? Her there. She's gotta go. She's going out to see Giles. Kind of a sleigh study double feature thing. She'll be late. Joyce wonders if Giles isn't taking up a little too much of Buffy's time. And does he ever say sorry? I know as a teenager, we definitely all identified with Buffy in these scenes. Mm-hmm. And to a point, part of me still identifies with Buffy because of the whole smothered and overscheduled thing. It's just, ugh, uh, like... I skipped a lot of classes in college because I felt it was the only time I had time to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had a nervous breakdown in college because I was overscheduled and stuff. I did too, legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But going back and rewatching. Oh, this, also, I had a nervous breakdown in college. Also, was uh, part of that was because my boyfriend broke up with me. No, 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 no. He got his shit together, though. <laughs> Eventually. Oh, well, good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> Where is he now? Where In the garage. He's a mysterious man. <laughs> But going back rewatching this, I, I do see more of Joyce's side in this. And the fear she has that Buffy's just going to disappear again. And it's a theme that I'm grateful they did carry for a bit. So yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit at the end about how it's weird that this all comes here. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of shows will just ignore something like this. True. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll have, like, the one episode where it's like, oh, you left, and then poof, everything's back to normal. So I do appreciate... Star Trek for episodes where crazy things that should be traumatic and have long-lasting personal dynamic repercussions yeah. just disappear the next week. Yeah. 
I also have a little theory here too, is because because Joyce after and later in the episode, you get to see what she was like when she was a teenager, and she made very bad choices. So she's just projecting that onto Buffy, who's already made some bad choices. And so she's thinking she's running in the same route that she did, uh, <laughs> because she was apparently a terrible teen. <laughs> Joyce was, easily was led. Joyce was easily led. Yeah, yes. yeah. Joyce was, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joyce wasn't a terrible teen. She just let herself peer pressure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In the library, Giles places a blindfold on Buffy as she wonders why she puts up with it. <laughs> because it is her destiny. Don't forget because... that it, it cuts right to him saying sorry for putting it on too tight. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It <clears throat> yeah. does. One of those, yeah. those transitions they are so good on this show. He tells her it's because it's her destiny. And because he just bought 20 candy bars. <laughs> I, oh, I love it. I love the, the parental guilt trip that he gives her. It's so good. <laughs> he hands her a medicine ball as Buffy says, he's just doing this to take funny pictures, isn't he? No, he's doing it to test her awareness. See if she can locate an opponent using senses other than sight. Giles, you know how this goes anytime you try to test Buffy like this. Shh! This time is going to be different. <laughs> uh, this is the only test she does do well on Giles' yeah. tests. Yeah. He tells her to wait five seconds and then throw the ball at him. Buffy thinks this whole thing means he ran out of new training ideas, but fine. Whatever. She can play along. She counts to five and then turns around facing where Giles used to be. As during his explanation, he as she throws the ball, Giles looks a bit smug, thinking he has her. But then the ball bounces off the wall and hits him in the head. <laughs> Taking the it. blindfold off, Buffy <sighs> starts to leave. Wait, what about Patrol? She can't. Her mom's in hyperdrive, wants her home tonight. She told him. Yes, but she knows it's a pain. Enjoy the candy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so Buffy seems to be employing that age-old tactic of telling everyone you're somewhere else. Oh, surely this will not backfire. Oh, not at all. Where Buffy actually is, is she's gone to see Angel, who is doing Tai Chi. Shirtless. And sweaty. And sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) Buffy. See, meanwhile, like all of this is in here for all the normal teenage girls that are in the audience, where for us, it's the stuff that comes later on in the episode. Yeah, the, the, the girls with the daddy issues comes up in a minute. No, for the, no. I wouldn't say it, that is necessarily totally the case. Um, but totally. Like, just no. just most of the time. No. Yeah, just Angel is just ugh, so much. He's a lot. He, yeah. Yes. Yes. Speaking of bad choices in men. Yeah. Yeah. Joyce, Joyce has the same uh, problem, too. <laughs> Buffy arrives and just kind of watches until he takes notice of her. She says she didn't know he could do that, and he says he was feeling better. First right? of all, it's not that impressive. It's low high <laughs> speed. It's not know. like doing like an Olympic gymnastics routine. He's like, I'm slowly focusing my chi to move here. I, yeah. Yeah, I'm that's, like, that's I could go down to the rec center and learn a Tai Chi class. <laughs> and like, my form might not be great, but I wouldn't be like, that's impressive. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, my community college, when I had classes there in the summer, there was always a group of Tai Chi people out oh, there. Oh, yeah, and in the park. They're like, 
They're like 75 years yeah. old. They're doing it, you know. I'm like, is it because like we didn't have YouTube and so he had to go somewhere and burn it and couldn't like, watch somebody's video in his living room? But I'm like, all right, Buffy, calm down. No, the only the only thing we had were VHS tapes to do it. Oh boy. Yeah. Out to Chai Chi. Oh. Yeah. And thigh aerobics or whatever. Thigh <laughs> oh, master. Freaking angel guys. <laughs> They head inside and Buffy picks up the bag she brought, handing it to him as she helps him to the couch. He asked how she managed to get away so late. She says she started a fire in the prison laundry room and <laughs> threw it out in the garbage truck. Yeah. And he doesn't respond right away. She assures him it's a joke <laughs> and tells him to smell her. <laughs> then realizing what she said, <laughs> she steps away from the shirtless vampire <laughs> and goes to on the opposite couch. Don't. Um, Buffy. It's it's hard finding those boundaries, man. I know, and like, and she and again, like we like we said before, like she had com- she was completely ready to move on. Yeah. And then Angel lost his shirt again. Yeah. Now everything about this scene, though, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It's that, it's that so hard, like redefining physical space boundaries with an ex that you're friends with, like again. One is very my like my high school boyfriend. Like we were all in the same friend group, and after we broke up, it took a while to refigure out what is appropriate physical space and like touch interactions, especially for like a touchy feely theater kids friend. Group. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, like when is too close? Is this now no longer just friend? Is this like an invitation or a sexualized gesture? Like it's it's that just killed me because it's mm. so awkward and weird. Mr. Froggy and I don't know those. anything about I mean, uh, weirdness after yeah. breakups. Oh, yeah. We're, we're getting to more of my past history, right? Let's, <laughs> let's put this down and pick this up some other time. Podcast. Sounds good. You know I love you. <laughs> I know. The awkward does not stop, though. <laughs> no. No. And it will not stop. Because Angel asks about Scott and Buffy neglects to tell him they broke up. He then asks if if she's being careful. With Scott? Oh god, it hurt me. It hurt me in my heart. (laughs) With Slane. He worries about her. She worries about (laughs) him too. He's getting better. Buffy jokes that soon she won't even need him. And Angel agrees, saying that will be better. Like, come on, man. Come on. Yeah, I wouldn't even need you. And won't that be an improvement in my life? (laughs) The look on Buffy's face is just. It hurts. It hurts. Because even if you're trying to make boundaries, it still hurts. Oh, yeah. And this is, again, like, first time for everything, teenagers, right? So this is everything is the most painful the first time because you have nothing to compare it to. So it's just more awkward and more intense and more like, ah, for everything. Oh, Buffy. Yeah. Oh, girl. I know. She'll be fine. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She'll start having sex with a hotter vampire. <laughs> yeah, more, more, poor, more poor choices on boyfriends. Well, oh, what's that a boyfriend? that a fuck buddy that just like two sad people boning to remove the boredom of the team of their day we will discuss have, in season six yeah. i haven't i haven't gotten to that season yet at all i definitely uh. haven't seen like anything from there so 
uh, I have no idea how you inappropriate uh, we'll get there. Find we'll out there. in real time. Good you will find. Yeah, you'll mm, get there. Fun. Arriving home, Buffy finds her mother and Giles. <laughs> oh, busted, busted Buffy. Oh. Seems they've caught on to her little game. Both are highly disappointed. She played them against one another, and it appears she also lied to Willow, mm. which was not only wrong, but caused all of them to worry. Where was she? At the bronze? What could possibly be going on there that was so important that she had to lie? We should note that during this conversation, Joyce and Giles are both munching away on some chocolate. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of, like, everybody in this, all the adults. Pulling out, eat it, pulling out, eat it. Yeah. Ooh, piece of candy. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't know. Bronze things? Things of bronze? (laughs) Piece of candy. (laughs) Joyce, starting to uh, loosen up a bit, says that Buffy is acting really immature. Giles agrees. He may not be her parent, but he agrees with her mom. Fine. Buffy admits it. She's acting like a child. Maybe because they treat her like one. Joyce thinks that is just ridiculous. As Buffy continues, they're both scheduling her 24 hours a day. Between the two of them, that's 48 hours. (laughs) She needs some time to breathe, to make decisions on her own. Joyce reminds her that the last time she made a decision on her own, she split. Yeah, and she took care of herself. She doesn't need this much active parenting. Oh, Buffy. Is she really trying to use this past summer as the reason she should be trusted? Buffy tells them she doesn't need them babysitting her constantly. And Giles, well, Giles says there's no (laughs) reason to freak out. (laughs) Oh, freak out? (laughs) Poor Buffy. That's a phrase Buffy has clearly never heard him use before. But instead of dealing with that, Giles says that maybe she should go up to bed. It's late after all. With a huff of disbelief, she's gone. Joyce says that Buffy drives her crazy. She just wants to protect her. Taking a seat on the couch with Giles, he says, isn't that what all parents want? Protect their children? At least they have a slight advantage by knowing what's truly out there. Which takes us to a factory slash warehouse. Yay! It's Ethan Rain! Yay! Bum, bum, bum. Oh, Giles' He's ex-boyfriend back. is back. Back again. He's back. Tell <laughs> <Now> your friends. <laughs> Meanwhile, oh. Kevin, last night Kevin was singing my boyfriend's back and you're mm. gonna be in trouble. <laughs> he stops one of the workers from taking... <laughs> he stops one of the workers from taking a chocolate bar saying, trust me, you do not want to eat that. The only thing better than an episode with a ton of Giles is an episode with a ton of Giles and Ethan. Oh, yeah. We'd love to see it. We're going oh, to talk about Ethan later because I have some very interesting thoughts on Ethan based on what we see in this episode. Oh, can't wait. I will be excited to hear them. Oh, yeah. The next day, Buffy, Cordy, Xander, and Willow are all in study hall. Buffy sitting with Cordy and Xander sitting with Willow. Cordy said she heard that there was some kind of secret rule about how if a teacher's more than 10 minutes late, you get to leave. Uh, I've been trying to translate that into my professional corporate life, let me tell you. And sadly, <laughs> my job does not work. No. <laughs> Buffy tells her it's Giles' turn to watch study hall. And since he's allergic to late, he'll be there. Actually, that's how, like, if the power goes out at work or the computers go down, what is an appropriate amount of time to wait before we can say, can I go home, please? The thing about this scene is I'm like, 
it looks like a lab? Question mark. Like yeah, right, it's, like just, lab it's just a science room again. I think it's, it's study. I think it's a study hall in the science lab. Yeah, they're always in the weird science lab. They're always in the science and lab. I think it probably shoots better shed. because people are paired up yeah. and they're further apart. It's hard shooting a classroom with everyone lined up in chairs. You can't get that whole uh, duo shot with two people yeah. side by side. Yeah, and also so it the really lab just is easier. It yeah. really works. It also really works for Willow and Xander in oh, the no, scene. Totally. It's just I always in my mind I'm always like they're waiting for their science teacher to show up, but I always forget yeah. it's like study hall, which wasn't a thing we had. So no, and no, it would never put study hall in the science lab where there's like natural gas and like chemicals to like, cause people in study hall just mess around most of the time. You don't want to mess around with a dangerous material. Yeah. Safety is not a concern at Sunnydale, please. Oh no. Oh no, yeah. no. That's their least of their concerns. Like no, if they top prize for cracking violations. If they have, if they have a, if they go a week without someone dying, they call it a win. Courtney says he is wound a little tight. One time she had this philosophy book checked out from the library for like a year. And when she returned it, he actually made her pay the fine. (laughs) She hated having to return it. It was really good for starting conversations with college boys. Of course, that was that was BS. BS. Buffy's confused for only a moment as she quickly figures out that BX stands for before Xander. That's clever. Speaking of Xander, he too is indulging in the chocolate and singing its praises because there is no bad there. Willow wants to know how he still has any left. She went to four houses and poof, gone. Xander knows they're selling like hotcakes, which is kind of ironic because the hotcakes aren't moving. As they're talking, Willow and Xander are playing footsies under the lab bench. Xander is getting high on food again. With their matching sneakers. That was such... Yeah, a good touch with like yeah. their compliment, like ah, uh, between like the complimentary like stuff about them, their shared history, all of that, and the compatibility versus like who they're with. Oh my god, that killed me. I'm like, why would you do this? I know. Why would yeah. you put these sneakers on these cheating fools. I know, I know. Yeah. But I love like I love the fact that again, Xander is high on food. First, it was the mini pizzas, and now he's getting high on the chocolate. Yeah, but it's really not affecting him too much, like, because he is... He is a teenager a, already, yeah. but, you know, it's just he's, a... He's in the state that they're trying to induce the adults most he, of the time. He was making poor choices, especially with, with, with Willow, even before he was eating the chocolate. So these poor choices are just a continuation of the previous poor choices. So I have questions about that whole thing and Xander and the chocolate, but we'll save that for later. Because okay. I do, I do, I, I know what the answer's going to be, but I have questions. Okay. It's the Hellmouth? <laughs> it's fun to sell chocolate mm-hmm. Willow notes that they're raising a lot of money for the band which they are actually yes. according to the official Sunnydale High yearbook the candy drive ends up raising $600,000 hell yeah <laughs> drugs are good Sweet for the band fund oh yeah yep the band yeah they're great cause they march like an army Except with music instead of bullets, and normally no one dies. Turning around, Cordelia says, This is ridiculous. Her turning, of course, causes Willow and Xander to jump apart so hard and fast that it rocks the table. She's bored, and Giles isn't there to give her credit for it. Growing concerned, Buffy looks towards the door. 
which is when we go to the hall. Seems Giles never showed. And since Snyder doesn't want to oversee study hall, he's making another teacher do <laughs> One who rolls her eyes before heading into the classroom. I love her. I do too. As he walks away, Snyder remarks how everyone expects him to do everything just because he's the principal. It's not fair. No, it's not. <laughs> no. Poor Snyder. Back in the classroom, the teacher, who we learn is called Miss Barton, claps her hands in order to get everyone's attention. They're all stuck there, okay? <laughs> so why don't they just sit quietly and pretend to be reading something until they're sure old Commandant Snyder is really gone? <laughs> then they're all out of there. <laughs> Surprise, Xander asks if anyone else suddenly wants to marry Miss Barton. <laughs> Cordelia tells him to get in line. <laughs> So then Giles isn't coming. Buffy, now even more worried, says she guesses not. And so we go to Giles' apartment. Uh-oh. Letting herself in, Buffy finds Giles in his sitting room looking at some records. He's a bit surprised to see her, and she says when he was a no-show in study hall, she got worried. So she came to check on him, and what is her mother doing there? <laughs> Giles says they had the opportunity for a summit meeting of sorts and it took priority over study hall he called in oh joyce points out that buffy made a very good point earlier she did yeah which point was that again they're over scheduling of her pulling her in two directions her home life and her duties as a slayer oh that was a good point joyce says they're working on a coordinated schedule for her and giles says it'll be tight but they're sure they can fit it all in sounds nice and structured why doesn't buffy give them a little more time she can take the car home and giles can drive those back later for a moment buffy just stares at her mom what <laughs> the keys take them buffy says she doesn't have to tell her twice except that she did and grabs said keys lean before her mother can come to her senses <laughs> slash change her mind as the door closes behind her joyce turns to giles clearly holding back like a giggle of excitement oh, i love it does he think she noticed anything and giles oh, oh giles here we go <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh as he turns from the mantle he's lighting a cigarette <sighs> and hello ripper hello ripper uh -uh. Mm. <laughs> no way Joyce grabs some alcohol as Giles takes a long drag off his smoke. And oh boy, do I love this episode. Uh, apparently it's also a bottle of Kahlua that she had. Oh, is it Kahlua? Oh, I, gross. I, I, gross. <laughs> it's just nonsense. Oh, I, remember, I remember that being like, oh yeah, we've got the bottle of Kahlua. Let's Don't forget. Everybody get like a lactose intolerant dairy hangover <laughs> in addition to the booze content. Well, don't, don't forget. And don't forget that in... Dead man's party. She was drinking schnapps straight up. So it's such a uh, it's such an early booze days thing. It's what you can get your hands on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that that. After that came Mad Dog Twenty Twenty oh. when you could when you found an older brother or sister that would get you something and it was cheap. <laughs> Having control of the car, Buffy's gone and picked up Willow, who wants to know how again this happened. <laughs> Buffy says she told her mom she wanted to be treated more like a grown-up, and voila! She then takes a corner in a manner that would have all of us gripping the handles beside oh. us. Oh, God, poor Willow. Oh. Oh. Hazard pay. Oh. <laughs> the word. Buffy continues. 
as Willow looks more than a little nervous to be in the car. <laughs> yeah, I'd be too. She she also thinks her mom wanted her elsewhere. Seeing as she and Giles were busy planning Buffy's future, Willow asks if she knows she has the parking brake on. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure she does. She releases it and Willow tries to relax. Tries. <gasps> There's no relaxing in a car being driven by Buffy in this episode. Oh my no. god. But no. she doesn't. Is Buffy sure about the bronze? The SATs are tomorrow. She can study at the bronze. A little dancing, a little cross-multiplying. You know what they need? She leans forward to turn on the radio and Willow <laughs> yells at her to keep her eyes off the oh, road. Oh, poor Willow. Willow, why did you do this, Willow? Why did you get in the car? Because uh, <sighs> your friend shows up with the car and you're like, yeah! You know she's never been in a car driven by Buffy before. Buffy has slayer reflexes. You would expect her to be able to handle a moving vehicle with some sort of grace and efficient skill and not be like a dangerous lunatic behind the wheel. Giles and Joyce are now on the floor listening to music as Joyce goes through Giles' album. She thinks they're pretty cool, but he says, yeah, they're okay. Joyce asks if he likes Oh, Joyce. Oh, sweetheart. Joyce asks if he likes Seals and Croft. And when Giles shoots her a disgusted look, she says, yeah, neither does she. He passes her a smoke and Joyce takes a pull before asking, why do they call him Ripper? As he sits up, because he's been laying on the floor, he says, wouldn't she like to know? Yes! Yes! Yes, Giles! Yes, please! Gloss of the fact that he does that white both cigarettes one for him and one for her at the same time oh yeah is, oh, is that God. like little like extra like bad boy chivalry touch he oh. is anthony <laughs> is doing the most we're gonna we're gonna talk a bit i do because they did do a nice extensive interview with anthony about this episode so i do have some stuff peppered in about anthony's thoughts on awesome. The accent Giles uses and why and the clothes Giles is wearing. So there, yes, I he love gives it. us info on all it. of that. Yes, and the song that's being played is Tales of Brave Ulysses by Cream. I, I have I that. Love. <laughs> I love that, yeah. So so yes, the song, uh, let me skip down a paragraph then. Sorry, so, <laughs> I always do this. <laughs> you do! The song playing under Joyce and Giles' interaction is, as Holly said, uh, Tales of Brave Ulysses by Cream. It was recorded in 1969. It is a factual but colorful rendering of the Greek tragedy of Ulysses. One of the features of the song that really sticks out is it's a descending tetrachord bass line of D, C, B, B flat, which I'm guessing is the part of the song where Giles is like, no, no, you've got to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, listen to this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the part because it's um, such a good. It's a, it's a fabulous song. We'll throw it up on the socials this week because uh, it's just that really nice, mellow, psychedelic yeah. kind of 70s feel to it. Yeah, it's 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 perfect for that. And since we're talking music, uh, in comparison, Seals and Croft are an American <laughs> soft rock duo. They were active from 1969 to 1980 and are best known for their hits Summer, Summer Breeze, Diamond Girl, and Get Closer. Yes, Summer Breeze makes me feel fine yeah it's it's a very very chill so as we just said uh he does motion for joyce to listen to a bit in the music because he says it's the best bit and joyce agrees it's great he jumps up saying he needs to get a band together (laughs) why were we robbed of giles having a band oh you know we 
we were definitely robbed of the Ripper spinoff. Well, but that was going to be like Giles and paranormal investigations and ghosts. Yes, we were still robbed. It wasn't going to actually be about Ripper. Yes, we were still robbed of. I know we were still robbed robbed of more Giles. Yeah, yeah. Um, As he messes up his hair, Joyce asks if he wants to watch TV. She knows how to order pay per view. Oh my god. (laughs) That's such a, like, good girl trying to be bad move, which is yeah. everything of Joyce here is, like, the good girl trying to impress the bad boy. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Oh, it's so cute and painful. I know. <laughs> I, I love, we'll talk about it a little bit more as we go on. And then I love, like, you get the little, like, Giles is the cool bad boy and Joyce is interested in him, but then Snyder is trying to impress Joyce. Joyce yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. <laughs> Nah, he wants to go out, tear things up a bit. Handing him some gel, Joyce says they could go to the bronze. Not happening. That place is dead. Cue a packed bronze. <laughs> like the fullest we have ever seen the bronze. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all parents. It's just everybody. The dingoes are playing, and as Buffy and Willow enter, Oz can't help but smile. The two make their way through the crowd, thoroughly confused, and Buffy's saying something about doing the time warp again. (laughs) Willow says maybe there's a reunion in town or a Billy Joel concert. I don't think a Billy Joel concert would cause this, Willow. No, No, but that's fine. What kind of people do you think listen to Billy Joel? (laughs) Well, the old people, but not not shenanigan old people. That's when they spy Miss Barton, who is clearly high. I, I love, love her. her. Oh, she is what I want to be as an old lady. Just. Oh, I love her. She says hello to the two of them, remarking that Willow is a tree. She's a tree. <laughs> Are there any nachos, little tree? <laughs> I love how she calls her little tree. That's that's the line line I like all caps message Mary last night being like, are there any nachos in here, little tree? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> so good. Oh, Buffy asks if she isn't sure she needs some air, and Miss Barton just walks away laughing. <laughs> that's when Willow says, "This is not normal," <laughs> which probably goes without saying, but. Snyder arrives just then, throwing an arm over each of the girls and declaring the bronze to be fun city. <laughs> I, every time Snyder opens his mouth from this point on, I just can't help but crack up. I know. Armin, I, I love Armin Shimmerman. He... Yeah, I, I, he's... Uh, and I, I like the, 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 the teenager yeah. that he's playing, the, 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 the nerd kid who wants to be involved in everything. Unlike Cordelia's father, um, oh. but <laughs> who just wants to be by himself. You know, he's trying real hard to like be part of everything, uh, even though he's such. I guess I don't know. That's probably yeah, why it he's well, yeah. a lot. It shows you a lot about his adult character being like this dude who's a bit of a tryhard, want mm-hmm. to be included and not being included. Like, yeah. a lot of the reaction to that is can lead to Snyder. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're not careful, but everything that's not that that Armin Shimmerman does okay. with Snyder, up from now is just so good. Principal Snyder, he says to call him Snyder, just a last name. 
like Barbarino. <laughs> oh, he is so stoked. Davis <laughs> Barton thinks she's wasted. He's going to have to put that in her next performance review because he's the principal. The principal. <laughs> Willow doesn't like this. <laughs> no. She is so distressed. <laughs> they could have heart attacks. Buffy says, maybe there's a doctor there? Some shirtless man climbs on the stage. And Willow says she thinks that is her doctor. Only he's usually less shirtless. Snyder takes that moment to tell them he got an accommodation from the mayor for being principal. He shook his hand twice. My hand. Buffy says, that's great. <laughs> Snyder then spots some foxy ladies. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yes. Yes, Kevin. I was going to say, I, I don't know how somebody could be less shirtless. <laughs> I would say they're normally more shirted. Because... Than... <laughs> <laughs> uh. He heads off and Buffy pulls Willow away from the crowd. She doesn't like this. Whatever's happening is strange and it's <laughs> happening to a whole lot of grown-ups. Willow <laughs> says they're acting like a bunch of... Buffy finishes the thought for her. They're acting like a bunch of them. Teenagers. <laughs> Willow says she doesn't act like this. <laughs> I love, love, love that they reference Rocky Horror. Yep. Not just because yep. once did always reference Rocky oh, Horror. Oh, yeah. Yep. But because Anthony played Frankenfurter in the West End for about a year. Oh yeah. We'll have to there there are some pictures of him as Frankenfurter, which we will definitely have to throw up on yes. social. Yes, we will we will throw those up. We'll throw the time warm up because you always need a good time uh warp. I don't know if there's anyone out there who does not know what Rocky Horror is. There are there, people. okay. There, there are, are people. people. There so are for people. those who don't know. Uh, let's do the time warp again comes from the time warp a song in Rocky Horror Show or the Rocky Horror Picture Show depending on whether you're talking about stage or screen the screen production is probably the most famous version Ugh. starring Tim Curry Barry Boswick uh, Susan Sarandon over time the and Meatloaf show. don't forget Meatloaf and Meatloaf and Meatloaf oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry Richard O'Brien, yeah. the creator, went on to voice the dad in Phineas and Ferb. Oh, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just full of, full, chocked full of talent. Yeah. Um, the movies gained a huge cult following over time, Midnight Showings and Shadowcast. Barbarino refers to Vinnie Barbarino, a character on the 70s sitcom Welcome Back, Cotter, about a school in Brooklyn and the teacher who returns there having attended as a student himself to teach the remedial class. Barbarino was played by John Travolta. And according to Mario Lopez, the character was one of the inspirations for A.C. Slater on Saved by the Bell. Yep. Yeah, definitely that can that. see that. That's yeah, that. I works. Like, like with Rocky Horror, I like them referencing this because the principal on Welcome Back, Cotter, was quite similar to Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, rigid. They, he dismissed the class as a bunch of hoodlums. So whoever chose the pop culture references this week, I'm going to assume it was Jane. They are all on point. Oh, yeah. It's everything fits so nicely. And it's like it also, especially with let's do the time warp again. That also is like an Easter egg because of like it's just it's everything is so well constructed in this episode. Again, from beginning to end, you know, scripts go through so many 
changes, but for this to be Jane's first episode and that she came on with this. Yeah. It, it's fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah. Apparently in her original idea, it was like coffee that Giles <laughs> and Joyce were drinking coffee and it turned, but, but yeah, like yeah. the idea was, was hers. I, I, I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Candy is good too. Cause it also, it, it's something that, you know, the, the kids are selling it. They're getting it out to all the adults. And it's also easy to put it in all the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Of them eating. So back at the factory, warehouse, whatever it is, Trick walks with Ethan. The man's high. He thought it would be. Trick says it's one of the reasons he loves this country. You make a good product and the people will come to you. Some may die, but so is the way of the world. As they pass by one of the workers, Trick accuses him of stealing the product before snapping his neck. Something that produces a very interesting reaction from Ethan. Yeah. He doesn't seem to like it. Nope. And seems almost unnerved by it. When he asked Trick how he knew the guy was stealing, Trick said he didn't. But now he knows no one else will. He tells Ethan it's almost time and to keep everything moving. As he leaves, Ethan looks a little off. Like he didn't quite understand what he was signing up for. I want to talk about this. Yes. Yeah. Um, one, because we see the difference in how Ethan and Trick handle the workers. Yep. Like, Ethan literally saw someone with the product in their hand and was just like, yo, mate. You don't want to do this. Don't want to do that. Yeah. And Ethan is very uncomfortable well, with brutal physical violence. Yeah. He, Ethan loves chaos. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Shenanigans, he's, he's but a not. Trickster. He's not like like that's that that's his bag. He likes chaos. He likes tricks. He likes that sort of wickedness. But like, yeah. He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind people getting story. hurt. No. He doesn't mind people getting hurt. But it was the way that Trick just singled this person out, who wasn't necessarily doing anything, and killed him and also ethan's thing is okay these people are working they're not the targets no so like he does have some sense of a compass it doesn't always point in the right direction but yeah he's but okay but then let's take that and compare it with the fact that ripper is very brutal Ripper likes violence. So what does that say about the dynamic of their group back in their Oxford days? Mm-hmm. Like, I need to know more. Because this presents a very interesting picture of their group. Or at least of him and Giles. Because Ethan was, like, clearly the guy standing behind Ripper mm-hmm. while Ripper beat the shit out of whoever. Yeah, but you yeah. also know Ethan is really afraid of Ripper. You oh, know, he's terrifying. like, oh, right, yeah. off the, right off the bat, he was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And I just, it's something I hadn't noticed on earlier watches. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's a, especially when you look at it in relation to Giles. Yeah, and yeah. And seeing- It's a and, very interesting thing. And I don't really know, like, I really don't know that I noticed as close his reaction to what Trick did and like the whole oh shit moment that he had before. Well like again, he likes he likes chaos, 
but that like his primary drive is chaos, the fun, mm-hmm. the nonsense, the like set it loose and see what happens. His primary yeah. drive isn't violence for the sake of violence. Exactly. It's always yeah. the violence occurs as a domino that falls from the chaos. Like Ripper like Ripper is that sort of there's a consequence to this action. Yeah. Like Ripper was sort of formed out of Giles's conscious decision to say fuck consequences. Fuck goals, fuck the rigid fall in line, this is your life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna live where I don't care about the consequences because I don't have to look to the future to think about how this is gonna be. I'm gonna be a watcher when I grow up. It's preordained like from you know, basically it was written when I was born. He was more actively fuck your consequences. Yeah. I do what I want and get there how I want to. Where Ethan felt more like you had to think about consequences be- in a different way because the consequences were the fun. Not to you, but for everybody yeah. else of what you did. So it sort of feels like they, they approached it a little differently. Giles, like Ripper is a lot more like chaotic, like kinetic, like yeah. bad boy bullshit. Whereas Ethan's like, yeah, I'm going to plan some fun, cool shit. Be impressive. And also, also, I feel like they're, they're, they're a great match too, because, oh, yeah. you know, going like thinking about the two of them as we're, as teenagers, Ethan could unleash Giles on people. Oh, 100%. You know, and that's something interesting to think about, to think about Ethan always being the one that's manipulating everything. And I think one of the things, like, with the whole trick and Ethan thing, Ethan doesn't get his hands dirty. He sets things in motion. Yeah. He sets things in motion for everything. Even in Halloween, you know, yes, he had the spell, that unleashed everything, but he didn't touch anything. Yeah, now everyone here's... picked their own costume. Everyone did the things. Everyone yeah. like you didn't yeah. know what was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, but here and like then he's you know was saying to this guy like you know you don't want to do this, and then there's trick just killing somebody. So he's getting his hands dirty. Yeah, like the, and... the guy on the factory line. He's backstage with Ethan. Yeah. Like everything is going to be outside of that factory when it gets there. That's yep. the show. Yeah. This guy's on his production team. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's this is this is his staging area. Yeah. So this is Ethan is looking out for his crew. Yeah. And, Trick, and like, here's Trick. Yeah. Trick comes into Ethan's zone. Yeah. Like this is Ethan's in control. He's setting the rules for the the prank for the for all of that. Yeah. And Trick comes in, kills someone, fucks up that thing. He has invaded Ethan's like eye of the storm like mm-hmm. backstage space and shook that up in a way that yep. wasn't part of Ethan's plan. Yeah. So it's Ethan. the violence, you're taking out his production team and also you've now entered his space and brought violence and chaos into the part of the trick he controls. Yeah. Like, he loves chaos but outside of himself. Yeah. Like now you brought the violent chaos into him and he's like, Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I'm this out. Is not the I'm out. Yeah, this, like you could see, you could see he's starting to get he, the exit strategy together. Yeah. He, you know, he's he's been there before too. He's probably similar stuff happened with him with Ripper because he would he would Ripper would want to do what he wants to do, and I I would assume Ethan would probably try to rein him in. But, Ethan Rain. You know, rain! <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel like that's that's when you're part of that team. Like your buddy. Give give Mary a second yeah. there. <laughs> 
No pun intended no, from pun Kevin. Intended. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know that Ethan would try to rein him in so much as yeah. like, yeah, jo- like Ripper was on Ethan's team until they yeah, won. yeah, well. Because once Ripper want to do something that he wanted to do that Ethan didn't, that's the that, that's where you know things would go. Well, that's when you hope well, that uh, we have said the other members of the team, and we don't know how they really work. That yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't really like, know. We don't really know the push and pull, with and that. the 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 dynamic of the rest of the team. But you know that the two of them were at the head of it, most probably. Yeah, I want to know. I know. <laughs> so I know. Bad. Like, I need a novel or something that just a new series we'll just bring it in we'll recast it a bit you know young 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 group of good actors we're instead of young sheldon we're going to call it young giles oh, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be very uh constantine new castle crew yeah 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 aesthetic. i'm here uh, i'm here for that we need a we, we need we need that yeah mary and i will talk about something off <laughs> Next time on The Watcher's Diaries. Snyder thinks Oz's hair is great. We're gonna go get fucked up and have a good time. It'll be like, yeah, all right, mate. I get to play with my toy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but fuck consequences. Yeah. He's having fun. He's showing off for his girl. Yeah. He's a bad boy. I know. Look, he's breaking windows and stealing jackets right? and hats. He's got a gun, does he? I'm... He'll never use it. Yeah, Ripper, fuck consequences. I'm throwing a trash can through a window to get my girl a No, coat. no, he can be hands-on anytime. <laughs> Making, making out. out and i'm gonna fuck your mom <laughs> oh yeah well we're getting there because uh Boy. <laughs> that's what i forgot week. about that's the steven workout that's why i was watching that this week there are just people everywhere and they're just having like does joyce have a thing for exhibitionism <laughs> oh my god Oh, something's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was thinking the same thing. Mom. Giles? <laughs> I love it. like, ah, let's fuck him up. Get some answers. Fuck him up. He, see what's happening. He just put his head back in the sand and call it a day. Shot at Giles. Mm-hmm. Jump in. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes. Repeat. Buffy, no! Buffy, it'll be okay! Alright, so does anyone have any final thoughts before we wrap up? It's always a very special episode on Buffy. 